Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of introducing Jillian Murphy, who is a friend, colleague, and coach of mine. And Jillian is a highly sought after sales and business mentor who has mastered the art of sales and scaling, not only for her own business, but has helped hundreds of other online business owners as well. With over 20 years of experience in business and sales and marketing and growing multiple businesses of her own, she has now made it her mission to help online business owners gain real results in sales and messaging. Sales is truly the oxygen of your business and the most important skill any business owner can acquire. She has been able to grow her own business from zero to six figures in one year hit her first six-figure month in 18 months, and just under half a million by year two, all without any fancy systems, ads, or even a website. It was all done through the art of communication and the art of sales. Welcome to the show, Jillian. I'm so excited to have you here today. I am so excited to be here. I am like one of your biggest fans, so absolutely honored to be chatting with you today. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I know from personal experience that sales is your niche and that this is something that you are so passionate about having done my own strategy session with you. So first, before we get into sales strategies and how you've built your businesses, I would love to learn a little bit about your experience pre being a business owner, because I know that you have a plethora of experience. Yeah, definitely. So I actually spent 22 years in the corporate space um, and it was actually by accident. My parents told me I needed to get a real job when I was about 20 years old. So I actually did an internship at a company and it was in sales and I did not love sales. I didn't think I ever wanted to be in sales, but I quickly loved people and I loved going into these stores and these accounts every day and just learning about people and learning about relationships. And I thought, if I can just learn about people and learn about relationships and on the flip side, sell to these people, this is going to be great. So I actually really fell in love with relationships and fell in love with people. And on the flip side, really kind of fell in love with the art of sales. Yeah. And I love what you said there about relationships, because I think when people hear sales, we immediately think of like the salesman in the blue suit <laughs> with the red tie and, you know, the cheesy car salesman or something like that. And it makes us feel a bit icky. Yeah. But what you mentioned there about getting to know people and relationship building, I think really is the key to successful sales. So yeah, I would love to hear how you went from 
your sort of corporate career, your background in sales to deciding that you wanted to go off on your own and and start your own business? Yes, it was really interesting. I actually went to a mastermind in California, you know, Chris and Lori Harder, you know them as well. And I actually went there kind of as like a joke. I had some friends who were online coaches and they were going to this mastermind in California. And I was like, hey, I'll go. It's a it's a vacation. I'll go to California. And I went there and I actually was having lunch and I was actually sitting next to Nick Harder, who's Chris Harder's brother. And he said, so what do you do in your corporate life? And I said, I'm a salesperson. And he said, look out there in that room. And I said, okay. And he said, there is an audience of people that need your services. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, there's so many people that are coming online right now that need to know how to sell. They have great products, great offers, great network marketers, but they actually don't really know how to sell. So what you're doing in corporate is great, but you're not actually making any more money for what you're actually doing. What if you actually took your business online? And it kind of sparked something in me, but I went back home, went back into corporate and three months to the day, I actually lost my corporate job to the pandemic. And I remember that conversation that I had with Nick. And from that day, I actually took my business online and just kind of started from there. I started a Facebook group. I started a brand new Instagram account and it was luck at the beginning that so many people needed what I had. And it it really kind of took off from there. Um, But I always say I had 22 years in the background of how to sell. And I took those same foundations that I had in corporate, built relationships, built, you know, friendships online, and then help people really sell their products, programs and services online. Oh, that's so cool. And it's amazing how so many people pivoted at the start of the pandemic because they had to. And all of a sudden, the world opened up to taking a look at different ways of doing business. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just the in-person meetings anymore, the boardrooms, the, you know, high KPIs and doing all these things. It was like, how do we actually change and pivot the way we as a society do business now with the new information that we have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was interesting because so many people looked at it as it was terrible. And those people, you know, it was terrible, but for so many people, it was a great opportunity. Like the pandemic was the best thing that could have happened to me for my business. So, you know, it, the pivot was great for a lot of people. And I think the people too, that really made that transition. And I think one thing that was very important for the people that pivoted, the people that went all in. So like for me, I didn't have a, I, I never like side hustled it. It was like I was all in. I think the people, too, that kind of came in and went all in, those are the people, too, that have made like the massive growth because I didn't have a choice. I couldn't I wasn't like all half in or not all in. I was like, I have no other choice. I got to be all in. Yeah. Yeah. So when you first started your business, because in your bio, you took your business to six figures in the first year. Mm -hmm. And without a website, without any fancy marketing, and and I, I'm so glad that you shared that because yeah. I wasted so much money on Facebook ads that not a single conversion into a client. All of my clients have been through either word of mouth or Instagram or connecting at masterminds and things like that. So how did you build your first six figures? Mm-hmm. I would love to for you to share that. Yep. So the very first thing I did, and this is actually what I work with a lot of my clients on, is I built community first. And for me, that looked like a Facebook group. So you can build community however you want. You can build community by having a podcast. You can build community by having a Slack group. You can have community on Instagram. You can have community on a Discord. You can have community on a Facebook group. It doesn't matter, but you need to build community first 
So that one, you have people to go back to and ask for market research, but you also have people to go back and kind of sell. So for me, I went to a Facebook group and I built the hub first. So for me, it was a Facebook group. And from there, I just literally started to find my ideal clients. I would find them in Facebook groups. I would find them on Instagram. I would find them um, in, in masterminds and other programs. And one by one, I would just put them into this Facebook group. But then I would go into this Facebook group and I would do little trainings, five, seven minutes. And what would, what would happen is my ideal clients were in there. So when I would go in and teach on sales, marketing, branding, messaging, whatever it was, their ears and eyes would perk up. And I was in that group for four months. So even though I didn't, I wasn't making any money, I didn't sell to them at all for four months. And I just went in there and served and served and served. Then I started to do market research. And I would say things like, who's interested in a sales course? Who'd be interested in working with me one-on-one? What are you looking for? And then from there, I took all the market research and I put out my first program. And my first program was very, very, very successful because I did two things very, very good. I had the community built and I had all the market research done. So I went back to Mm. all the people that were interested in what I had and they told me exactly what they wanted. And I literally just presented the offer back to them. And then from there, I built Ascension offers off of that. So I literally just built offers off of those core people. I've had people that have been with me now for 22 months and are still buying from me because what they're doing is they're just going to the next offer. It's all about having that community first. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That was really interesting because I think this is, you know, for myself personally, coming into new business, it has been like, where do you start? Mm -hmm. Where do you find your clients? And I was having a conversation with a team of financial planners yesterday that our industry in particular, and I mean, all industries, word of mouth marketing is always going to be your best marketing. But in order to get those initial clients, you have to get the referrals Mm -hmm. from somebody, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, how do you start when you're first starting out in your zero to six months, zero to 12 months? And I love what you said there about showing up and adding value for free, Mm -hmm. like free value of people that you knew wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm. Then once they saw the value that you were adding, actually asking them, okay, what do you actually want? Mm -hmm. Instead of offering something that you put, you know, tons of hours and effort into marketing something that they don't necessarily want or need. Mm -hmm. And then wondering why the launch didn't go to plan. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I see it so often and I see it two things happen so often. We create programs, products, and services, and we don't even know if our audience wants it. So like right now I'm getting ready to launch something and I think it's a great idea in my head, but before I even put it out to the world, before I price it, before I do anything, I'm going to make sure that my audience even wants it. So even yesterday I was talking to my team and they were like, Hey, do you want me to put together like a payment link? Do you want me to put together a sales page? And I was like, no way. I'm first going to make sure that I have people that even want this. I'm going to do market research. Mm. I'm going to do all of that. So I always like sell it before I like put it out to the market. That's the one thing that I do. And the other thing I see so often is people create these programs. I had a, I had a client yesterday. I was on a phone call with her yesterday and she was like, you know, I need to have 10 people in my program. And I was like, okay, tell me about these 10 people. And she was like, well, I don't actually have any leads yet. You can't just like find these people in like outer space. You have to like, Mm -hmm. you have to do the groundwork first and like that's the, like the non-sexy stuff that people forget about. It's like, it goes back to foundational work of like the real world, like prospecting, filling your pipeline, right? It's no different mm-hmm. online than it is in the real world. 
you can't just put stuff out and expect people just to start buying your stuff. It's like that, that groundwork stuff that people forget about. Yeah. Yep. And I like that you touched on that too, because I, you know, I just had a flashback into my days in corporate where we had prospecting time actually in our calendar every week. And we had to report to our superiors about what happened during our prospecting section where session where we were on the phone or on email, sending out follow-ups because as you know, from network marketing, the fortune is in the Mm follow-up. And a lot of people forget that People's first exposure to something, whether it's a business, a service, a product, is not necessarily going to be when they buy. In fact, more often than not, it's not when they buy. Mm -hmm. So multiple exposures to that service offering and the follow-up, you know, is so key. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where a lot of people go wrong Mm -hmm. with, with sales. For sure. And I think even too, like online business owners, if you were to ask people like online coaches, how much prospecting time are you doing? it's like zero. They mm-hmm. forget, they forget that. And that's, a, that's a foundation for building a business. Yeah. You just gave yeah, me a, like, for a live. I'm going to do a live on this later today, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so when it comes to prospecting based on how, based on the clients that you've worked with, especially your one-on-one clients, why would you say clients, your clients struggle the most with prospecting and don't have that in their calendar? Cause they're resistant to it. Cause it's, uncomfortable and it's not fun. People want to do the things that bring them joy. They want, they, this is, this is what people want to do. They want to do the things that are fun. They want to make reels. They want to journal. They want to, um, you know, they want to hang out in there. They want to do the things that are, that are fun. They don't want to do the things that are uncomfortable. Nobody likes to prospect. It's just like you, when you were probably in like the corporate space, no one loves to prospect. So it's the stuff like we, 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 we put off. But those are like the needle moving things. Those are the things that have a domino effect. So when people ask me, how does your business grow so much? The number one thing I do every day is prospect. So I say to my clients, how much prospecting are you doing? Well, I'm not really doing a lot. Well, if you want a business to grow, you have to feed the pipeline. I say say to my clients all the time, I'm feeding the pipeline every day. I'm talking to strangers. I'm in Facebook groups. I'm inviting people to coffee chats. I'm sending people free resources, opt-ins, lives, all of these things. Because if you feed the pipeline enough, enough stuff will happen. If you have enough conversations, things will start to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. I'm like looking at my weeks for the past couple of weeks. I'm like, how much prospecting did I do? Like none. <laughs> like, oh, why didn't your course fill up? Oh, because I didn't actually ask anyone if they wanted to be in it. <laughs> and it's so true because, you know, when we talk about doing all of the fun things and for me doing some of the fun things is like doing podcasts like this. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. It's my favorite thing in my business. Um, and the thing that I probably struggle the most with is the prospecting. And I think there is uh, an emotional attachment to the outcome that also holds us back mm-hmm. because we feel if we get a no or a rejection, that means that we're not, that we're not worthy or that our business is not good mm-hmm. or that our service offering, you know, isn't up to scratch or whatever it is. We start to tell ourselves all these stories when really, if we look at when we buy stuff, it's often not the right time. It's often we got too much other stuff going on. We got too many irons in the fire, but it is something we're actually interested in maybe down the line. Mm -hmm. And that's where that fortune in the follow-up comment is so Mm -hmm. relevant, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually think that people appreciate follow-up. If I'm looking looking to hire a mentor 
and I ask them about their pricing and let's say it's three grand, five grand, 10 grand, whatever it is. And they send me their pricing and then I get sidetracked and they don't follow up. I feel like I was just a transaction. I'm like, oh, you know, Sandra didn't, must not really care to work with me because she didn't even follow up. But if, but if she actually follows up and she's like, hey, what'd you think about that pricing? I'm like, wow, she actually wants to work with me. So there's actually like a psychology around that people actually appreciate being followed up with. So it's all, again, it's all about how you do it. And that's why you work with a sales coach or a sales mentor so that you're not following up in a way that's weird, in a way that's mm-hmm. gross, in a way that is pushy, but there is an art of following up, right? There's ways that you can follow up. You can comment on things. You can, you know, you can, you can word it properly. You can do it in a way that's not gross, um, but people like to be followed up on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like what you said there is like engaging with them and genuinely connecting with them getting to know who your ideal client is. And if you want to attract them into your business, being curious, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh, tell me about your new business. How is that all going? That's what you did with me. Mm-hmm. You lured me in before, <laughs> before I even knew what was happening. And it was because you genuinely asked questions about my course launch, my business, what I do, who I work with, mm-hmm. all of those things that gets me talking. And then there was an opportunity there. Well, it's like, like I remember specifically you said, um, you know, did you have a warm or cold audience? Did you warm up your audience before you launched your thing? And I was like, no, to be honest, I just kind of dropped it in. Like in my head, I was telling them what I was doing with my business, but I wasn't leading them down a path to sales. Mm-hmm. And and this is where I think a lot of people go wrong and correct me, but we make sales about us and not about the client. Yeah. It happens all the time. So one of the things that I do in my business is I do sales call audits. And it's one of my favorite things to do because people will send me their sales calls and I'll watch them. And we will be sell when I say we, like they will be selling someone on their program and I'll be watching it. And it'll just be so cringy because they're not even selling somebody what they need. And I'll be watching it. And I'll be like, they don't even need this. Like they don't even, they have not said that they need it. But the other person just wants to sell it so bad in it. And that's exactly what it is. We have to remember that you need to be selling somebody something that they need. That's why like copy and paste messages are the worst because you're not selling somebody something that they need. So if you have something that you're selling, whether it's a network marketing product, it's collagen, it's a vitamin, it's a course, it doesn't matter. Remember why that person needs it. And alter that message specifically for them. So right now, like if I'm, I'm getting ready to launch a mastermind, if I'm if I'm going to sell it to 10 people, every message that I send is going to be specific to that person. Hey, Anna, this is why this program is a good fit for you. Sandra, this is why this program is a good fit for you. It's not about why I want to sell it. It's about why is this program solving a need that that person has. That's like the game changer. And, and I see it, I see it all the time. We forget why the person even needs it. Yeah. Because people yeah, buy right. solutions. We all buy solutions, right? We buy coffee because we are we need caffeine. We, I mean, we buy solutions every day. So if you're not solving somebody's problem, you have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. And I, I really like that what you've talked about in the tailored approach there about, you know, looking back, looking through your prospect list and not using a template message, Mm -hmm. but really saying like, okay, what does Sandra need for her financial coaching business? What does Jennifer need for her online fitness coaching business? Mm -hmm. Like 
making it specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it doesn't feel salesy. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I was on a, I was on a coaching call yesterday with one of my one-on-one clients and she's getting ready to launch a program and she wants to have seven people inside of her program. So I said, tell me seven people that you want to have in here. And she listed them off. And I said, now I want you to tell me why each one of these people need this program. Not why you want to sell seven people in here and not why you had these seven people on your whiteboard, but why do these seven people genuinely need it? Because that's the game changer. If you can't genuinely explain why these people need your program, they're not the right fit. It's not about you wanting to fill your program. Do these people actually need your program or are you just trying to sell it? Mm, Yeah. And I think that that's relevant, not just to online coaches and service providers, but I think it's also relevant to people in the corporate world as well. I know that um, when it comes to service-based businesses like financial planning or accounting or lawyers or any other, you know, even, even product sales, medical, medical supply sales, all of that kind of stuff. One of the strategies that you know, we, we keep coming back to is like, what is the problem that it's solving for the client? Mm -hmm. And not what is the, not as what is the value that we add, but what is the problem that the client is, is needing to fix? Absolutely. It is. It's so true. Yeah. So when you work with your clients, what are some of the common issues that you see arising in people's existing sales strategies? Well, the biggest one is there's usually not a sales strategy. They're really, just- <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> like really, there's not one um, because I'll be honest, there's not a lot of people teaching sales. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like, they're just, they're, there's a lot of like business coaches. So a lot of people don't have like an actual sales strategy and they don't, they're just kind of like throwing spaghetti against the wall, as I call it, right? They're just kind of, they're launching things. They're kind of selling things. Their messaging isn't really attracting people in. They're not using any sort of like attraction marketing. So there's really not like an actual sales strategy. A lot of people don't have like a sales goal. They don't know how they're actually getting to the numbers. So that's another thing I work with people on. It's like, you know, if you want to have a $100,000 a year, a $10,000 a year, a million dollar a year, whatever it is, like, how are we getting there? What's the sales plan of how we're getting there? What is the sales process that you're following? When you get on a sales call, like not, we're not talking about a script, but like, what are you following? What is your framework? Um, What is your prospecting? How are you generating leads? Like it's all of those things that usually people aren't, are kind of missing. And I always say, you don't come to me really when you're lacking sales. You come to me before that, because it's usually like your messaging um, your branding is off. You're you're not having leads. You're probably bombing your sales calls. It's things like that that's leading up to maybe why you're missing the sales, right? Like, is there a follow up a follow up issue? Um, and there's so many things in sales that I work with. It's not even just like closing because when when people really think of me, a lot of times they're like, "Well, I need to work with Jillian to close sales." We're not even ready to talk about closing sales yet. We need to talk about like the mindset of sales and the messaging of sales and your sales process and your sales numbers and your sales goals that then lead up to like, why are you not closing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that is one of the important things that a lot of people miss in, in any area of their life that they're trying to improve. They're focused so much on the outcome, which is closing, mm-hmm. closing the sale, but they don't realize like, who do they need to become in order to even invite those sales into their life? What are the actions that they need to take? What strategies are they putting in place? 
all of the foundational groundwork that then facilitates the sales. It's so true. I mean, I'll have like I'll have I'll work I'll get on a strategy call with somebody for an example, and I'll say, you know, what's your income goal for this year? And they'll say a hundred thousand dollars, and I'll say, well, what are you selling? And they'll say, you know, a five hundred dollar course, and I'll say, well, how many do you have to sell? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, that that's that's, that's why you send them to me. Yeah. <laughs> Sandra. Well, like, that's the problem, yeah. right? Like they don't. Yeah. Sales isn't the problem. They don't even know how they're getting there. So again, mm-hmm. it's like, what's your sales plan? What's your sales growth? How are you working in sprints? Are you working in quarters? Are you working in months? It's like that's that's really like where it all where it all begins, right? It's like how are you even breaking down those numbers and getting to where it is that you want to get to? And network marketers, I see this the most with, and I know you you work with a lot yeah. of network marketers too. It's like they want to get to these big goals and they don't they don't even have a clue of what they have to sell. Yep. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you and I both operate, I mean, you and I operate in very similar energy when it comes to business and, and it's really giving people like the clarity and the, um, it's getting down to the granular level because a lot of people think big picture and I call it the pulling it out of the hat strategy. It's like, how did, how did you come up with 250 K? Oh, it's just a sexy number that I just pulled out of a hat. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, how many of your one-on-one coaching clients do you need? How many group coaching clients do you need? How many memberships do you need to sell? How many of your ancillary services or blah, blah, blah? You know, what's your conversion rate of people coming on a masterclass and then buying a course? And they, they their eyes glaze over. They do. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I see this when I'm working with entrepreneurs, especially, um, and, and this is not a generalization, but especially people in like the health and wellness space, the holistic health space, they want to focus on their craft and their zone of genius, but they don't realize that in order to scale their business, they have to understand their numbers. They have to understand it on a granular level, because if they don't know how many calls and how many connections they need to make in a week, they definitely don't know how many they need to do in a year. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you said, like how many, are, how many are you converting? You know, if you're getting 10 people on a sales mm-hmm. call and you're converting one, you better start generating some leads. You better just start getting people on a sales call and they don't even have an idea how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is one of the strategies that you implement, I guess, with um, let's go, let's go over 50% of your clients that they can start actually getting more sales or attracting new sales into their business. Getting clear on their messaging, like actually having a messaging that attracts in their ideal client. Because what I find so often is that people's messaging is just all over the board. Yep. And they're really just not clear of even who they're attracting in. So they're, they're, they're putting out all this content, but it's not really doing them any favors. So we get very clear on their messaging. One of the things, the very first thing I do when I work with a client is I say, when I come to your page, what I know what you do and what I know how I can buy from you. What I know how I could hire you today. If I come to your page and I have no idea how I can buy from you, we have a problem. You never walk into a Starbucks and say like, what is Where's this the place? cashier? Yeah. What is this place? <laughs> like, do, do they sell coffee and how do I buy it? Right? Like, you know exactly what they do. And you know how to buy it. You should not, people should not have to figure out what you do and how they can work with you. So that's definitely yeah. one thing that I see all the time. And the other thing is when I work with people, they're not talking about what they're selling enough. And that's, that's definitely, that's one thing I hear a lot yeah. is people are not talking about it enough at all. Again, like if I, if I'm following you for a couple of days and I have not heard you talk about what it is that you're selling, like 
you you need to be talking about it, not in a way that's like, hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff that you're annoying. But again, there's a way that you can communicate. And I work with that on my clients. You can you know, share social proof. You can talk about, hey, I just had a win with a one on one client. I just got off of a mastermind call. Like there's ways that you can put it into your stories that people are like, oh, this is what she does. And you can also put out content that people know either like you're a high level coach or you're an entry level coach. So it's super, super, super important. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I hope that you'll start to follow me. You will see that I unapologetically sell every single day on my stories. Mm. Every day. Every day, you can follow me and you'll be like, that girl's selling something today. And you train your audience to know, hey, I can buy from this girl every day. And that's so important because you're a business owner. And you need yeah. your you need your cash register to ring every day. You are in business. I just felt my blood pressure grow up when you said that because I was like, if someone came to my page right now, they would have no idea what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Also, because I'm in this weird like midlife crisis Mm -hmm. where I'm trying to figure out my branding and I know that I had like the one social media account, which is where I had my majority following. Then I tried doing the business account. It was way too much. So now I'm trying to combine the two. That's okay. You get a pass. Yeah. So I, I'm (laughs) going to be doing like a whole revamp of my social media based on this podcast, (laughs) but um, yeah. And I love what you talk about, about messaging. I think that that is not only the clarity in what you're putting out so that you're talking to the pain points of your ideal client. What is again, coming back to the, what is the problem that you solve, but also using the language that they use. This is one thing that I learned recently is really using the language that they use so that they hear it and they're like, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to uh, the messaging and talking about things on your stories or on your Instagram or, or whatever, how do you how do you overcome because i know so many people struggle with the imposter syndrome and the fear and feeling like they're making themselves sick and constantly selling 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 how do you how do you coach people through that well first of all you're always going to have imposter syndrome like our good friend lori harder says like new level new devil you're always going to have it um and i always like to say with imposter syndrome i you you always want to like say is it facts or is it feelings right if it's feelings work through it you can journal through it stay in community, work with a mentor, journal through it, because you're always going to have it. And I I just really try to stay in like good energy when it comes to that, Um, especially when it comes to imposter syndrome. And then also, if there's a reason why you're feeling that maybe it's somebody that you're comparing yourself to, maybe there's somebody that's making you feel that way, mute them, block them for a while. There's a lot of people I mean, I have good friends in this space that I have muted that I have blocked mm-hmm. because they make me feel less than at certain points, whether it's during a launch or, or other times. So again, if there's certain people that are triggering to you or making you feel that way, just mute them during a certain time. If it's, if it's definitely making you feel that way, but no, unfollowing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have to feel the need to follow people just because you met them once or connected with them at a group thing or whatever. Yeah. I think, you know, keeping your, your environment, neat mm-hmm. is also part of clearing the clutter from your psyche. <laughs> right. Yes. So, um, okay. So let's move into some of the art of communication for sales. And I know that we've sort of touched on this from a messaging perspective. What do you think some of the biggest roadblocks are in terms of communication with with when it comes to sales, but particularly with online service providers? 
So I think the some of the biggest roadblocks are is one is messaging. We kind of talked about that. And I see this a lot of times is people try to like overcompensate for what they do. I see this a lot for like health and fitness coaches. I see this with like people who are selling like manifestation and all of this thing is you have to dumb it down. You have to dumb down what you're selling to your ideal client. So if right now, if you are not getting people messaging you saying things like, wow, this is really speaking to me. How do I work with you? Wow, your post is really hitting me. This sounds exactly like me. Wow, are you in my head? That is a telltale sign that your messaging is speaking above them. So get very clear on your messaging and you have to bring it down. I always say that your content should be an Alexa for what it is that your ideal client is saying. So listen inside of Facebook groups, listen to podcasts, listen to what your ideal client is saying, write it down, and then put that back out in your content. And that'll be a game changer when it comes to sales. Another thing when it comes to sales is over talking about what it is that you do. So what I mean by this is like, if you're on a sales call with somebody, let them talk, let them tell you what it is that you need, what it is that they need, ask them some more questions, be quiet, ask them some more questions and be quiet, and then tell them how you can solve their problem. So often when it comes to sales, the reason why we are not closing is because we're over talking. We're overcompensating for what it is that we do, right? Like somebody says, oh, I really want to work with you. And then we like literally word vomit everything that we're saying, everything that we're doing. And the person who actually talks the least on a sales call usually will win, for lack of a better term, on a call. So the person, I would say, try to talk less, even in a DM thread. You know, I mean, I even like remember our conversation, Sandra, like I would ask a question and I would get her to talk. And then I would ask a question, I would get her to talk. And again, that's like an art that you work, you learn as you work with somebody about sales, but it's about asking the right questions and getting the other person to talk. Yeah, there's a there's a saying that I heard at my very first personal development conference in network marketing, actually. And it said, there's a reason we have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that stuck with me so much. Because so I was like, yeah, you got to listen twice as much as you speak. <laughs> something that I'm personally working on as a super extrovert. <laughs> it's so true. And I see this a lot. Like, again, I, I do those sales call audits and I'll see it. Like a, it'll come to the close. The call will be doing good. And, you know, someone will say like, oh, what is it like to work with you? And then people will almost like talk themselves out of the sale. They'll just keep talking mm -hmm. and talking and talking. And I can see the other person's like ready to buy, but they're just like talking and talking and talking themselves out of it. And we lose, we lose people all the time there. Yeah. Yeah. So for somebody that is well and truly on their way and on the right track with their business, with their messaging, and, and let's say they've got the communication piece down, what would, what would some of the skills that they could take away to growing their business uh, from a sales perspective? If they're, if they're clear on their niche, their messaging's good, what, what's the next piece? Next piece would be getting really clear on like your sales process. What, what are you following? What is what is your lead generation? What is your follow-up? How are you bringing new people into your business? Um, what is your growth strategy? How are you scaling? What is working well? What is not working well? Um, you know, if you're having good months, if you know you're having a 100K a year, if you're having a 200K a year, 
what is working? How are we going to adjust it and get you to the next level? Um, how are we going to continue to monetize that? That's something that I definitely work with people on. You know, so I have clients that are, you know, growing to their first 10K months. I have clients that are growing to, you know, six figures. And then I have clients that are growing, you know, to multiple six figures and onto seven figures. There's different conversations at every level. And we always look at like, well, what's working here? what's working here and then what's working here and how can we continue to bring in, you know, different, maybe different revenue streams, you know, different, um, different levels that are working, generating new leads, things like that. So again, every conversation is a little bit different. Um, but once your messaging is clear, it's like, how are we continuously bringing in new business for you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and I think that's one thing that we get stuck in sometimes is, if our business is not operating well where we're currently at, then it's not going to be operating well when we have more sales. So, you know, being in a place to actually be able to get those new sales and do the work and put the strategy in place mm -hmm. in order to create those leads, mm -hmm. I think is important. Yeah. Like I have one one-on-one -on -one client that I work with, you know, and she's on her way to probably a $400,000 a year this year. And our conversations are not really about sales now. It's about, you know, what systems do we have in place? What help are we hiring out? How are we going to get you to the next level? You know, she can't keep trading time for money. So what other things can we do? What like passive income products can we be doing? What digital things can we be doing? So the conversations have changed. It's not about like her messaging. It's not about like her follow-up. It's things like that. It's like, what's the next conversation that we could be having to grow that business to the next level? Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So who would who would you say are... Let's talk about your programs and your coaching for a minute and who do you like to work with and, and what's sort of your ideal client? Yeah. So it's really interesting. I love people who are growing and scaling to their first like six figures and like multiple six figures. I love the people who are coming in. They want to grow. They're hungry. I, I say they're a little lost, but they're not really lost on where they're going. They're just lost on like how to get there. So they, they know their business. They know who they want to serve. They've done coaching. They've bought into some programs, but they don't really have like the framework. They don't really have the foundations. And all they really need is someone to kind of come in and almost like put their arms around them and like get them on the right track. <laughs> um, that's who I love to work with. Yeah, that's like my my favorite, my favorite people. And I love action takers. Um, I actually will really only work with people who are action takers. Um, because I know that once I get in someone's business and I get them moving, we can create sales, right? So it's like, let's get you going. Who I will not work with is people who need more of like a lot of handholding, who need more of like a therapist than a, than a, than a business coach, um, who are really just lost and don't even have an idea yet. Because at that point, you don't even need sales. You just need like a, just to kind of figure out where you're at structure yeah, <laughs> structure yeah. or an idea or mm -hmm. starting getting things on paper yeah. right mm -hmm. um okay so if people want to come and work with you what are some of the different offerings that you have because i know you do have a couple different ways to work with you yeah so the like the easiest way to actually come in and work with me is if you are if you are have a business and you're bombing sales calls uh my sales call audits are one of my favorite things to do and what that is is you just message me and say hey i have some sales calls that i've been bombing um, can you look at them? Can you see what that looks like? And I basically just review your sales calls and I can usually pinpoint really well. It's usually in the beginning, the middle, or usually the close. Um, and it's just, it's a sales call audit. They're $197. Um, and it's a, usually a telltale space of where it's at. Um, you can work with me in an intensive program, which is like six weeks, one-on-one. -on -one. I'm in your business and we just work six weeks. It's like a sprint. 
Um, and then I have a mastermind that I'm launching in March, uh, May. May. But yeah. What's the, ma- what's the mastermind? Are you able to give us the details? Yeah. That? So the mastermind is actually for people who just want to learn sales. So it could be everything from a sales process, um, your sales calls, how to follow up, how to generate leads, uh, how to sell in the DMs, how to build a community, how to have really good messaging. Um, and you can you can buy in at a six-month commitment or a 12-month commitment. And it's going to be like a long-term mentorship. And really where this came from was I had a lot of people who wanted to work with me in these six-week sprints and financially just didn't make sense. And they were in other masterminds, but they didn't need all the bells and whistles. They really just wanted sales. So that's really kind of where it came from. It's going to be four ninety five dollars a month for like my founding members. Um, so if you buy in in the first 30 days, it's four ninety five. It's going to be men and women. Um, that's kind of the gist of it. You're going to have, yeah, you're going to have awesome. a sales lesson once a month, and then you're going to have hot seat coaching on the other call. Okay. So it'll be two calls a month then mm-hmm. for this, for either six month or 12 month commitment. Yeah. Yep. And I, awesome. the reason why I did six and 12 months is because I don't believe you learn sales in a short term. Right. I, sales is, sales is something that takes practice. Is, yeah. So it's going to be like role playing. It's going to be mm-hmm. how, how's your lead kind of going. And I also believe in long-term mentorship. I've had the same mentor for 18 months. And I believe when you work with someone for a longer time, you see massive growth. And I want people who yeah. are serious about like long-term mentorship. Amazing. Amazing. I yeah. feel like I just got a 40 minute coaching session just on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is why I wanted you on my podcast. Okay. Well, this has been so great. So if people want to work with you, if they're interested in your mastermind or their, your sales call audits or your strategy sessions, how mm-hmm. is the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah. Literally just follow me on Instagram. It's the Jillian Murphy. Um, I know uh, Sandra, you know, her and I follow each other. I'm sure she'll yep. put me in her stories. We'll put um, it in the notes as well yeah, for this I mean, podcast. Just follow me. Come over and say hello. And you guys, I love to connect. Like I genuinely love to connect. So if you're on this podcast and you're listening to it, come over, say hello, get to know me. That's what I love to do. I also have a Facebook group. Um, If you're listening to this, it's called Good to Gold Sales. I teach in it like three or four times a week, little sales lessons. Uh, Come into my free community. I love to get to know people. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. We can't wait to look out for the mastermind that's coming in May. I'll definitely link all of the information in the show notes. So if you do want to connect with Jillian, make sure you follow her on Instagram, the Jillian Murphy. And we are so excited about all of these free trainings because I've seen it in the Facebook group. I'm definitely part of that community. And I know that you add a ton of value. So if you're not ready to start with a coaching program just yet, and you want to see what she's all about, join the Facebook community and you can check out some of her trainings. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey. 